Hello and welcome back to Country Roads Confidential here at Earsports.com. I am Mike Faza, and it's a special edition here, something we've teased and talked about for quite some time and quite frankly put way too much effort and energy into. It's going to be our travel rosters, our list of 70 players who will go on the road in, I don't know, a real or a fictional game. But these are the players who we would invite if I was in charge and if the man I'm about to introduce is in charge, Chris Anderson. Chris, this was a challenge I threw down to you a while ago that it sounds like you thought it was easy initially. And then, as normal, you came around to my side of things. <laughs> yeah, I think when we first discussed it and I posted on the message board, I said, I got there within just a few minutes. Got there with the guys I wanted, filled in what I wanted. Um, got help on special teams, and I was good. But then a couple things changed. A couple roster uh, situations changed. A couple positions changed. And, yeah, obviously we can get to, like, 60, 61, like, no doubters. And then you kind of get to those last few, and you're shuffling them around, trying to fill needs, trying not to maybe guys that you think are better, but you already have eight guys at that position, so you got to go somewhere else. It, it was it ended up being a little tougher than than I originally thought. Good, that's kind of what I was going for. You and I are are neither reporters nor beat writers. We are content providers these days. <laughs> and yes. I thought this was interesting because, as you mentioned, the podcast is highly controversial. Highly, and, yes, and surprisingly, but highly. And we haven't even done anything yet to be controversial. I don't think. But this is a different idea that I think is is one is kind of cool. But also, it's a it's a matter of perspective, and you can stare at a depth chart or a roster, or watch practices, or listen to press conferences, and get an idea about you know stars or cores. But it takes seventy. You know that's how you can take on the road. And I don't know if a team ever really is going to play seventy in, in under ordinary circumstances. But still, that's who you can go with. The number seventy is the maximum number of players you're allowed to have on a travel roster. So it kind of gives you an idea as you build it out. Like, like you were saying, Chris, it's one thing to get your two deep, but you got to play that third side of the ball. You have to cover contingencies. You have to have just-in-case stuff. You have to have people who are literally that, in case of emergency, break glass because you'd rather be caught with it than without it, if that makes any sense. So this is an idea that we had just to, one, do a different type of podcast. We are committed to not doing, here's a thing I wrote about, let's talk about it, but also you know, again, it's a little bit different. I don't think you're going to read or hear or see a lot of stuff like this. And for the written word people who we love, we're actually going to have like an accessory to this too, where you can listen to the podcast if you want, but we'll also publish our team. So you can look into not only who we have, but kind of explanations about how we got there. It should be, I think, uh, informative or revealing and hopefully entertaining. Now, where does this idea come from? I'm strange. I think way too much about this stuff and, and how we're going to do something new or different or better every day. And this is an idea I had. And it started like this, um, just talking to friends of mine who were in football programs about just the, how they were doing a camp or whatever. And a couple of them said, I don't know how we're going to get to blank. And they gave me different numbers. One was 62. And the idea was it's your two deep on offense. It's your two deep on defense. So that's 44. And then you throw in six on offense, six on defense, and six on special teams. So you cover everything. So 44 and 18, 62. Um, another one I got was the number 66, 22, 44, 66, offense, defense, and then backups that you can combine for 66. Uh, then I discovered and remember going back through notes and talking to people that West Virginia never traveled with fewer than 40, excuse me, 64 players 
during the Dana Holgerson years. So that was right in between 62 and 66. And I thought, gee, that's a really convenient number. Let's do it. And then we tried to do it, and it was impossible. <laughs> you couldn't do it with 64 or 62 or 66. And then Brown mentioned the, excuse me, Neil Brown, close personal friend of the program, <laughs> mentioned that 70 is a travel roster. The light went off my head. I think I fired you a text off soon thereafter, and, and away we were. But that is kind of the metric of how we arrived at this, the process of how we arrived at this number um, and a backstory. So if you've done your homework, you may have your 70 out in front of you. Chris and I both have ours. Um, and if you haven't done it, I don't know, hopefully you're not driving and you're in a position where you can do this. If you are driving, uh, maybe have like a proxy, I don't know, a son or a daughter or a wife or a husband next to you. Maybe they can do it. I don't know. But we're going to go and see what we do here. And this is how we'll do it. We're going to go with our obvious picks first. So we'll go position by position on offense and defense and then the specialists. And we'll go with our obvious picks. And then we're going to be both of a short 70, not by much. Um, and then we'll go in and fill the holes. And that'll kind of give you the perspective that we're talking about. What are the positions that are strong? What are the positions that are weak? And then how do you get to 70? Are you ready, Chris? I guess so. Let's do it. All right. Let's start with you. I will hand it off to you like a quarterback does and let you take the, uh, the quarterbacks here. Um, and this is going to be intriguing and compelling right away because this position for me really impacted how I got to 70. How did you do this for your obvious picks? Yeah, so obvious, it, we already got our first, you know, kind of wrench in here. Kendall is obvious. For me, the obvious, for game one, the obvious is Kendall, Allison, Lowe. I think that's one, two, three at the moment. Um, and to be quite honest, this super obvious, if, you know, if there's any question marks, maybe my super is, is Kendall and Lowe. And then Allison, uh, just because I think Lowe kind of brings brings something different than Allison does, and might actually have have a better chance of seeing the field before Allison uh, in in certain packages, or maybe even in case of emergency. Uh, obviously, the question mark here is is Daggy, and if he's going to travel early, or maybe this list changes later. So right now, he's not an obvious pick for me. Okay. Uh... 100% agreement here and a 99% chance that it's Allison or Lowe on the depth chart Tuesday, correct? Yeah, I, I would think so. Okay, so we have that one there. There's three. So three down, 67 to go. I'll go to running backs and go first here. And to me, this is also really easy. Um, four guys on scholarship, excuse me, five guys on scholarship, four guys on scholarship who can't redshirt. There's no reason to leave any one of them home. Um, so I'm going to go, obviously, Kennedy McCoy, Martel Petaway, Letty Brown, who, if you're asking me online or in text messages, yes, he's still on the team. Just haven't heard a whole lot about him because the other guy's been very good, namely Alex Sinkfield. So McCoy, Petaway, Brown, and Sinkfield. I'm up to seven. Um, we did not include <clears throat> Tony Mathis, um, the freshman who has been around and, and has gotten some action, but um, I don't see any reason for him to play. He's not an obvious pick for me right now. So I just went with the four guys on scholarship. Uh, yeah, we're in agreement here. I, I think I'm on record as – I think Mathis is going to kind of fall in the same category as Sinkfield did that first year where he's just – you're hearing a lot of good stuff about him in practice. He's extremely talented, but there's just so much returning experience and talent in front of him that there's no need to burn his red shirt and play him a bunch and, and just get him in there for a handful of snaps a game. So, yeah, I got McCoy, Petaway, Brown, Sinkfield as obvious picks. Now we may branch a little bit because you could do a couple different things at this position. <clears throat> it's, it's the S-back. Um Flip a coin, you go first here, Chris. 
Oh boy. See, I grouped them all together. I I got Timmons. Uh, okay, so let's stop. Would, do you want to do fullback tight end together? Yeah, I got them together. Let's do it. Okay. Um, because right now I got I got four obvious picks there. I'm going all three scholarship tight ends: Haskins, Banks, O'Laughlin, and then Timmons is the only obvious fullback or S back for me at this point. I have a couple question marks, but obvious picks, just him. All right, here we go. Fork in the road. First one. Yes. I also went with the three tight ends. Giovanni uh, Haskins, who I'm not sure what his disciplinary situation is. I do know that they expect him to be a full participant in practice because of his shoulder for the first time before the end of the week. TJ Banks is back. He's missed, I think, just about all the participation or full participation days since the second practice. So he's been on ice for a while. And Michael Lachlan, who is fortunately for the offense, made the most of things and kind of become a, a physical player, which I'm not sure that they knew about as quickly as they learned about it. So those three for sure. I also want Logan Timmons and Jack Knipper. Okay. I, I'm, I calling him, I'm calling him Jack Knipper because it sounds a lot better. It sounds like he's a villain from 19th century London. I had him on my second cut. So I, I have him on my travel roster. He just was not an obvious, like my no, just- doubt, no doubter for me. My justification is, again, I don't think he's obvious in the sense that he's going to play a lot. But, again, I think you need him in case because Timmons does have a role in the offense. They are going to use that S back. And if he gets hurt, you take a bunch of pages out of your playbook or you have to use one of the tight ends. And as I just described, I'm not sure those guys are as well versed in some of the S back stuff. Never mind enough of it. Um, And also Logan Timmons does a bunch on special teams. And if you lose him, then you'd like to have somebody there who can fill in and do what he can. Um, so I'm going to go with those guys there. Uh, you're not going to get much of an argument for me. I just, like I said, he's on my roster, just not a no doubter. I have uh, breaking news for you here. We're recording this at Wednesday morning. It's 944. Sean Ryan still has not received a waiver ruling. <laughs> If you heard my phone go off, it, that was what this ruling was right there. Because I vowed I was going to check in morning, afternoon, and night on this because I'm not going to get caught looking again. Anyways, offensive line. And here's where things get a little bit silly for me. Um, I went with eight guys in my No Doubt About It group. Um, obvious ones. Colton McKivitz, Mike Brown, Josh Sills, John Hughes, Kelby Wickline. Chase Barrent. I don't think there's any question those six are in. Um, I have a hard time getting to eight. It sounds like Matt Moore, the offensive line coach slash offensive co-coordinator, may also be having a hard time getting to eight. I don't know how you do it. I don't feel good about this. I instead chose Adam Stilley and James Gamitter. I have just eight. I feel mm. inferior about this. Uh, it's not as strong as I want it to be, but I don't know how they get to eight, never mind nine or ten. Chris, how did you do so- this? I, I had eight obvious. I am trying to get them to travel nine or ten, but I had eight obvious, and I, my one obvious, I had one different from you. Mm-hmm. Um, I went Tyler Thurman instead of uh, Gemutter because I'm, I'm looking more for a tackle guy. I know he's he's got right side, left side, rather than inside, outside, as far as determining who plays. But when I look at kind of true tackle-type players, all I see is McKivitz and maybe Wickline uh, out of that first seven guys that we met that, that we mentioned that we agree on. And so I went with Thurman as kind of a swing tackle type. Um, 
but I do have uh, May. I have Gemeiter and Mays as maybe nine, ten, you know, second cut guys on the offensive line. Okay. Tell me, I'm I, wrong. Do you have Thurman on your roster at all? Do you have him on the second cut? I'm not going to do spoilers. <laughs> My thinking here is, if something happens. I don't think that they're going to plug in their backup right guard or right tackle or their backup left guard or left tackle. I think that they'll move a starter. Example, if uh, if they need a backup tackle or a backup guard on the right side, I think they'll move Sills to the right and elevate Stilly or Barrett. Um, if they lose McHivitz or Brown on the left, I think you may see Sills slide over because he can do that, and then you put somebody in the middle. I just, I, I don't, I don't know any better right now. And either they've been very good about hiding details, or they're very deep in a situation right now from which they need to extricate themselves. And I don't know the answer to that. Again, I don't feel good about this. And Thurmond, sure, if there's room on the bus, add him there because you need guys. I will say that I added to the offensive line later on. Um, to me, this is where like it got really tricky, and where I think it kind of illustrates the problem that I have. I, the coaches are better at this than I am for certain, but. This is when I started to really rub my chin and go, oh, man, <laughs> I deserve a six-figure salary. <laughs> but so so let me run this back by you. Wickline or McKivitz gets hurt out on the edge. Mm-hmm. You're, you're sliding Sills all the way from center out to one of the spots? I think that's your best five. Okay. I think you can plug in the center and do okay. Um, not great, but, like, let's be honest. Sills may be a good center in game 12, but if we're talking right now, is the gap between he and Barrett or – Stilly, maybe. Uh, but is it so significant that you absolutely can't move Sills if Sills is going to be more serviceable on the right or left? My, my theory, no one's told me this you know, lately, is that that's what they would probably do. I don't think that you just necessarily move your backup up. I think you have it too deep for sure. But I think it's crazy to think that number 10 is going to play just because he's your backup right tackle when number two may be a better right tackle for you. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. receiver. This is also tricky now, too, because of an eligibility issue that we'll get to. But... Uh, so let's let's just address this right now. My list has a yes and a no for Sean Ryan, who, uh, if you're just checking in, um, I received the breaking news moments ago that there's still no ruling on his waiver. So he's a monkey wrench in this, and I don't know how we do this, but I'm going to right now assume that he's not. I will, in my addition and subtraction later on, account for possibilities that he may be. You and I did not bounce this math off of each other, but um, right now he's not in there. And I have conditions set where if he is, I'll explain those. But how did you handle this receiver situation? So I had I was the same way. I had him. Okay. I, actually, no, I had him in originally and, and counted him as an absolute, you know, cut, obviously making it an obvious pick. But if he were out, um, you know, I have a substitution in the second cut coming in for him. But I, for, for my obvious picks of receiver, Simmons, uh, Sam James, Tevin Bush, George Campbell, Bryce Wheaton. Um, see, I'm a little more strict with my definites because that was it. And, and Sean Ryan, I had six. I, I obviously they're going to take more than six wide receivers, but those are the no doubters for me. And I think who the other ones are might be a little more up in the air. Um, who the others say two or three are, I, I was unsure where those were coming from. Okay. Um, my eight excluding Sean Ryan, um, Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Simmons, Bush, Campbell, James, and Wheaton, I have. I added Isaiah Esdale because they only have two other inside receivers, and I think Simmons is going to play some outside. Okay. Um, so he makes it for me. I also think he'll play some special teams. Um, 
And then there's no reason to leave Randy Fields and Ricky Johns home because they don't have redshirt years. And they give you some depth outside. And if you're going to move Simmons inside, you might need guys there. I'll be honest, though, I don't know how long they're playing or how much they're playing or how frequently they're playing. But I don't know how you can go on the road without seven or eight guys just because of fatigue, um, how many snaps you play, what happens on special teams. Uh, and, and, like, really weird, on Tuesday, um, Neil Brown said that George Campbell is going to play some special teams. That's a 6'4 receiver who's hmm. not played a whole lot, but he said he's been a really valuable special teams player. So, again, it's not an it's not an apples-for-apples apples thing, but typically if you have a receiver on a special teams unit, his backup is frequently a special teams guy, as a special teams guy, is also a receiver. So, um we haven't seen enough of the drills to know where guys like Fields or Johns fit into special teams, but um, that was my my deal there. So um, we're I, I hate to disappoint the listeners, but we have exactly the same nine. I just what was definite it. for me was not the same. I had Esdale Johns and Fields for my other three, with Ryan as the other as the ninth one. Okay. Um, Johns, I, I should have probably put Esdale and Johns as obvious, just because. With, as you mentioned, um, as they're playing inside, and then Johns with his history as a safety is, is an obvious special teams guy. He should be an obvious special teams guy in coverage units. He can play receiver, he can field punts, he can cover punts, uh, he can block. I, I really should have just made him an obvious pick, too. Mm, okay, good point. I hadn't thought about the previous history of Ricky Johns. That's a good idea. An issue here too, and this is I'm gonna I'm gonna complain about access. Sorry, but we only got to speak to assistant coaches once during the camp period. So one day for offensive guys, and one day for defensive guys. I only got to talk to Travis Trickett and Xavier Die, I believe, in the first week. I would assume some things have happened, and if the receiver position inside is as thin as I've just presented it to be, maybe Randy Fields is an inside guy now. Um, so I don't know. Like, and again, we haven't talked to them in I think it's going on two weeks now. And honestly, you're talking about so many things um, when you're talking to the coordinators that, you know, for example, on Matt Moore's day, the offensive line and Josh Sills was such a big deal. You didn't get a chance. And if you watched Neil Brown's press conference yesterday, I tried to squeeze one more question in about inside receivers. And he decided to evade my questioning and cut me off and run out of the room before I gave him a chance. However, <laughs> they came back into the room. They came back into the room and said someone had and I'm guessing Neil had said, did Mike have a question? Uh he can come ask me or he can ask me the question. I'll give him an answer. Um, so again, my guy, Neil Brown <laughs> looking out for me, I did not follow through on the invitation though. So, all right. So we're done with offense. I have 28 definites, 29. If you count Sean Ryan, um, our differences, I took Jack Knipper. You did not. I took James Gamitter. You did not, but instead took Tyler Thurmond. And we just explained our discrepancies, at least for the definites at receiver. I have Bezdale, Field, and Johns. You did not make them on your definites. So right. here we are, 58, excuse me, 28, maybe 29 into the 70. What number are you at right now? 24. Okay, so you have a little bit more room than I do right now. Yeah. Let's, go to, let's go to defense. And then I'm pretty stingy here because I was uh, obviously pretty – Pretty helpful and thankful and grateful for my offensive players' contributions. And I gave them all helmets and jerseys, but I'm going to be a little <laughs> bit tougher on my defensive guys. I only have uh, a limited number of spaces left, but you can start here. Let's go with defensive end, and then we'll follow through with the rest of the defensive line. Okay, so I got see, – see, I got position groups again, so now you're making me do the math here. Mm. I'll let you, How about you start, and then I'll follow up. Because, yeah, I, got, I have seven defensive linemen definite total. 
and two we other. Probably, we, we have the same seven, I'm sure. My defensive ends are Taj Alston, Ruben Jones, and Jeff Pooler. Uh, yeah. And then I don't think there's, there's a need to bring anybody else. Uh, they're not going to play four guys barring an injury. If one of those three gets hurt, I think the the split is going to be even enough that the other two can sop it up. If two of them get hurt, there's the way to use defensive tackles to make it function. Um, I do think that the definites are, are obvious, but there's a need for some additional guys, which we'll get to. But those are my defensive ends. Yours are the same? Yeah. I got Austin Pooler Jones on the outside. And and just like you said, I, um, Jordan Leslie's been on the record as saying he's he feels comfortable sliding say a, a true defensive end rush edge guy over to defensive tackle the the same one that say Reese Donahue or Dante Stills plays or moving a, a a bandit to defensive end so I think there's some versatility with a couple guys that you might see so I don't think they're like you just mentioned I don't think there's a need to bring too many others Ooh, preview okay nose guard your turn uh darius stills brennan thrift that's it ditto okay i have a hard time getting to three on my definites defensive tackle uh reese donahue dante stills period agreed that's all i got too so let's stop here um is that bad or is that good seven i think it's I think it's realistic. I think if you have seven, because when you look at that seven, I would say that the staff feels comfortable with each one of those seven. And with three spots, seven guys, you got at least a two deep. You're getting some rotation. Um, I, I, you know, I obviously any defensive line coach is going to say, ah, I want six, eight, nine guys, whatever it is. But realistically, they're only going to play six guys even trying to keep guys fresh in a, in a best case scenario six guys and, you, and you're feeling great about it so to have seven definite travel guys that i would say the coaches feel comfortable with that's good news for wbu in because the other side of that is you know when we, we're going to get to this a little bit with the linebackers the cornerbacks and the safeties where are the defensive line guys contributing on special teams other than say defensive like up on the defensive line front uh, you know, I don't see guys coming into coverage units or swapping out. So there's not as much versatility with those defensive line guys uh, in the special teams either. So there's no real need to add more. Yeah. Jordan Leslie wants to play nine or 10. I think he wants to say he does. I don't know if he can really do it right now. Um, right now. Later on, perhaps, sure. But again, the, the question is, do, do you travel with them? Seven's a really thin number to travel with. It's happened before and it's not been great. The trouble is they don't want to play guys more than 30, 35 snaps. A lot of these games are going to be more than 70 snaps. Um, so that's that's problematic here and, and a concern. I think we will probably pad to it with our, our second cut of players. But seven, as no doubters, I don't know, it could be good. But if you're looking big picture and ideal situations, yeah, that's probably a little bit tricky. Uh, linebackers, did you go position by position or did you go linebacker unit? No, I got groups. So why don't you start with the position by position? I'll let you know who I got. All right, I'll speak slowly here, and you can break your guys up. Let's start with the spear here. This is um, kind of an under-heralded position that I think is going to be really fun to watch because there's different bodies playing it. There's younger guys and older guys who have different skills. Um, to me, it's fascinating that Giovanni Stewart, who's 5'8 and 195 pounds, can play the same position as Quantel Reigns, who's 6'2", 
220. It's kind of a weird thing, but, but that's what this position does. Um, that'll help the defense match up against different opponents. There may be days where Reigns isn't as good enough of a coverage guy or isn't quick enough around a tackle, and Stewart's to pick. There may be days where Stewart isn't stout enough to fit the run, to shut down certain plays and heavy packages, and Reigns is the guy. Those are obviously two guys that I have, and I added Dante Bonamico, assuming two things. One, he's going to be a really valuable special teams player, and two, that he's actually still a spear. I have no idea. Um, I understand that he's moved around quite a bit, and he may be back at cat part-time or not before long, who knows, but I think he definitely gets a hat and a helmet, um, so he makes my list definitely for spear. Uh, I got the same three, because oh. I'm in the same I'm in the same boat as Bonamico. I I don't know how permanent that move to Spear is. I think he'll probably play a bunch of different spots, but I had him just back in, in safety, in my safety position group because of that. Um, but I had him as a definite pick. So, yeah, I had the same three. Okay. How about Will? I think these are obvious, too. How do you have the Will broken down? Uh, Chandler, of course. And who else? Sorry, going back to Benton. And right now, is that it? Where's yeah. my buzzer noise? Uh, was that wrong? Benton is a mic. Oh, man. All right. Thank you for reading. <laughs> All right, go on. Who am I missing then? The pool of wills are Josh Chandler, Diamante Lindsay, and X-Ray Lowe. Okay, I have I have Lindsay and Lowe. I don't want to spoil the next section, but I don't have them as obvious right now. I have them as um, second cut guys. So one... Maybe two wills because I might let you bend the rules on Benton. Benton makes your list no matter what. He's traveling. Correct. Um, but you definitely have Chandler, so let's just put that there. Um, would you change your picks at Mike or your definites for Mike if I told you that Benton was a Mike? No, because I didn't really have a lot of guys at Mike either. So <laughs> I, I got I, – because I, I, I'm picturing a little more versatility among the linebackers than – very strict, you know, Will, Michael, Bandit. I think there's going to be some movement. I um, I might add one more Mike. I don't know. Actually, no, I feel comfortable. Benton, Tonkery, that's it. Okay. As my as uh, my definites. I have other I have other guys traveling, but those are my only definites. Like I said, my my definite list is a lot more strict than yours. I have I only have 50, I think, 50, 51 total. Oh my god. Yeah. A lot of second tier guys. All right. My wills definitely are Josh Chandler, who might be their best player on defense, and Diamante Lindsay. My mics are Dylan Tonkery, Shea Campbell, and Jake Abbott. Hey, okay. I I try not to step on our next section here, but yeah, I I have all those guys. Just it's worrisome to me because uh, Tonkery apparently has had a great camp and is back to himself, but it just feels like Mike didn't work out very well for him. Campbell has the fit. I'm not sure the skills are quite where they're supposed to be to play that spot. Remember, he was outside for a while last year, and then he was inside. They never seem to figure out what to do with him. Uh, maybe a new staff is a better idea. And Abbott um, – is a walk-on who's still a little bit undercooked, probably, and I'm sure he'll get bigger and thicker over time, but maybe he's not quite there yet. But um, And then Benton's back. I don't have him there yet, but he's back. But he's also new to Mike. He was the bandit before, which is also an inside position, um, and they moved him to Mike because probably for need. I really thought about putting him in because I think he'll play special teams a lot, but 
I just have those three right now, Tonkery, Campbell, and Abbott. That leaves us with the Bandit. I have four here. Okay. On Darius Qualls, then Darius Cowan, Zach Sandwich, mm-hmm. and Adam Hensley. Okay. Adam Hensley might be one of their best special teams players. Um, they need him to play a lot. They, they were really happy that he was healthy and full go at the beginning of camp because he can play so many special teams. So, so I, I had the same four, and I think that the part of the reason I had fewer guys at Mike because I didn't have Campbell or Abbott as definites. I do have them on my on my travel roster, but not definites, is because of a guy like Sandwich, just because he's he's played Mike. He's done well at Mike when he's gotten the opportunity. I think he's got some versatility, could play both of those positions. And and it's something like you mentioned on the offensive line. Let's say Benton or Tonkery or both of them are out. I'm wondering if they turn to Sandwich or Cowan instead of Campbell or Abbott at that spot. Yeah, as we're talking and I'm listening to you and you're making good points, I realize how much of a mess my situation is. I probably should have Benton and Mike. Um, he does make my list, but he probably should be there as a definite. Um, I kind of think their linebackers are okay. That they'll be, I, I don't mean by okay, that sounds like a negative. I think that they're going to be fine there, and they'll find a way to get to four on every down, but also probably have good backups. I do think Sandwich is, is a good player at Bandit, though, because he might be their best coverage guy. Um, Qualls and Cowan are obviously very good pass rush guys, but that position does a bunch of different things, and I don't know. It may be things where in, in past situations where or against teams who are challenging the bandit to cover, um, he might have a role there. I just it just seems like he's oppressed guys there. Let's okay. shift the corner. Oh, hold, hold on, on. I got one question for you on that bandit spot. Just from what you were just saying there, realistically, how many? You know, I joked the other day about Vic Koenig's, uh five bandit defense. How, how many snaps are these guys going to see a game? Because they've been talking up Cowan, Qualls, Sandwich. Uh, moving guys there. I mean, obviously, they're doing something, but are, are they going to split it up like you were saying, say, with the defensive end? Like, ideally, they would like to play each of those guys 25, 30 snaps a game. Is that is that the kind of vibe you're getting from them? Yeah. Like, I don't think Hensley will play Bandit, barring something above him and beyond him. Um, I do think that Qualls and Cowan will take the majority of them and that Sandwich has a situational role. Um, let's say that you're in a... 75 snap game um like 32 32 11 or okay. 30 34 30 11 something like that i don't think is out of the question and i'm assuming a series is you know a lot for not not a lot for sandwich and he can do it but i'm also i don't think he's going to play a straight series but i really think it's going to depend too if if the left tackle cannot get wide and he can't get low enough to stop qualls qualls is going to play him blitz a lot if the left tackle can get wide, or right tackle, whoever, but can't get set and he's clumsy and his feet don't fire the right way and Cowan can bull rush him, Cowan will play more. Um, I, I wouldn't think in terms of, like, timeshare here. I think it's going to be matchups and, and who they feel better with. And, and also, like, if, if West Virginia's up, you know, let's say at the end of a half and it's a 10-point game and they're in, like, a, a, the other team's in, like, a four-minute drill – um, or two-minute drill, well, they're probably going to pass, right? And then you just run those guys in a couple plays in a row and let them just run to the quarterback, you know? Or if they're up and the other team is in a passing situation because West Virginia's up by 20 in the third quarter, right? The other team's going to pass more. So let those guys be fresh and start burning by tackles and guards and getting through people, too. Um, I, again, I wish I had answers on this one. I've never seen them really do this with this type of personnel. Um, I mean, they've had, they've had the guy 
at that position who's played the majority of the snap. It sounds like they don't have the guy, but they have two pretty good candidates right here. Um, and I don't have a blueprint to study for how they're going to split up snaps. I tried to figure out how they're going to do it, but Qualls and Cowan are pretty unique, somewhat similar, but also different physical specimens. Um, so I'm kind of guessing, but I think that you're going to see those two soak up most of them and a, guy, a third guy gets them here and there action. Well, Mike, I feel bad that I didn't do my research on the uh, linebackers there. Didn't have my guys split up into position groups. I had Charlie Benton in the wrong spot. But to make up for it, I am going to handle the cornerback position because I did my research there, and the data tells me that there are only seven scholarship cornerbacks on the entire West Virginia football roster, only six of whom are eligible to play this season, with Alonzo Adai being that seventh, uh, having to sit out because of NCAA transfer rules. And of those six that are eligible, only five have been here all summer and gone through everything with fall camp. The sixth being to Corey Turner, who was a late show and a likely blue shirt uh, for this season. Um, I, I do think he'll eventually play. We'll get to that later uh, in the podcast. But that just leaves five scholarship cornerbacks that we're discussing here. It's the five that I have traveling. It's the five that you have traveling. And it's the five that most likely anybody that does this exercise will have traveling. Um, the starters, Hakeem Bailey and Keith Washington, the true freshman backups in Nick Troy Fortune and Tay Mayo, and then Juco transfer Dre Miller, who has kind of been kept out this fall camp, was expected to make a big difference, but he was hobbled in the spring, hobbled in fall camp, has been on the sideline wearing a green jersey, not going through contact. But even with those, say, minor tweaks, minor injuries that, that may have limited him, I still think he's an obvious pick. Uh, for the travel roster. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Well, I, I'm kind of looking at my spreadsheet here, Mike, and it's looking pretty thin in the secondary. Uh, you know, we just went over five cornerbacks, and I only have five definites at safety, with only a couple others on my travel roster. Uh, what is yours looking like? I have five too, and it's not balanced at all. I have one cat safety. I have four free safeties. I have Josh Norwood, Tyke Smith, Kerry Martin, and Jake Long at free. My understanding is Long is back at free. Um, he was banged up, and he may have missed a couple of days from what I understand, and now he's back at free. Um, he had been at cat. I don't know who else is at cat now. I know Sean Mahone is there, and he's their guy, and evidently he was terrific in Friday's scrimmage. I'm not sure who's behind him. I haven't heard names. Uh, maybe it's Bonamico. Perhaps Long can flip back there. He was an or 
at cat and free, but I'm curious why they would have shifted him back to free late on in the camp. Um, this to me was an uh oh moment because who are the candidates that played back there? I don't know who's your backup to Mahone. I don't know that you like having two true freshman free safeties behind a guy who's never really played at this particular level before. Um, it's it's curious to me. How did you fill this out? So I have four of the five, the same as you, as a definite. Because my fifth, instead of Kerry Martin, who I did have traveling, just not a definite for me, but was Noah Guzman, uh, the Juco, late Juco ad. I just... Everything I've heard about him and, and the staff's pursuit of him is that they wanted someone who was, quote, and this quote, this word was used multiple times from multiple people, someone solid, uh, someone that could help and so- be solid in the secondary for them at safety. And so that to me means this is a guy that's going to contribute this year. You know, start, probably not, just somebody that can help shore up some. Uh, deficiencies back there. So I had him as, as my a definite fifth safety that was traveling. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, that would be good news. He was a cat before. Uh, I'm not positive where he's at right now, um, but I believe he's still there. But we'll know this when we get a depth chart whenever that is. But, uh, yeah, five is a good number. Martin, I think, is a good player that they like and probably can help. But, yeah, Guzman is a guy that they, they certainly brought here for a reason. And what you just explained is, is the reason here. Let's do a specialist, okay? Kicker, punter, holder. Long snapper. Don't forget, um, that's going to be kind of an interesting thing there. Um, you got to have one. So, uh, kicker, Staley, Evan Staley, punter, holder, both Groden, Josh Groden, the punter from LSU. Long snapper, Rex Sunahara. And yeah. I'm going with the backup long snapper. A backup long snapper. I'm taking him. Oh, my God. You got to have him. Uh, again, if, if, here, here's why. Um, Chase Barrett wasn't cutting it at center. Um, Josh Sills is still new to it. Um, Adam Stilley is maybe going to snap. I don't know either one of those guys can snap if something were to happen to Sunahara. Um, I don't know that if like O'Loughlin or Banks or someone else can snap. I don't know that. Uh, I've never gone deep down that rabbit hole, but I know that I've seen two snappers on the road before. Uh, it wouldn't surprise if it happened again. My question is, is the backup snapper J.P. Hadley or Kyle Poland? So I'm just going to say J.P. Poland or Kyle Hadley, one of those guys. <laughs> They're going to make my travel roster as my holder to as a definite. Hey, Mike, are, are you one of those guys that drafts a kicker in like the third round of like a fantasy draft? The point is differential is very important. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know why I'm making jokes because I. I have th- I have the same three Staley Sunahara and and Groudon and then I got a fourth as a maybe right on the line. Um, we'll get to that in a bit, but it's not a long snapper. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just I would feel weird asking like Neil in his press conference on Tuesday. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> in the event that your snapper gets injured, which I don't think has happened in quite some time, I want to say like. I don't know, 12 years maybe. Yeah, because you can't make contact with them, right? When After the long snapper <laughs> snaps on a punt, you're not allowed, or even on field goals and kicks, you're not allowed to make contact with him until he's down the field. All right, but we saw Trey Dooms get a technical last year when he was redshirting. We saw Charles Pugh get a personal foul when he was redshirting. Weird things happened, right? I don't Hold know. Maybe the, maybe Check the that text. Was that a Sean Ryan update? 
Oh, let me check here. <laughs> um, maybe maybe he pulls a hamstring running down the field. Um, maybe he gets cracked backed on a punt return. I, it, I don't know. I just like I think there's room for it, and I, I made room for it, and I think you got to have two. Now that said, I would keep one of those two home for sure if I knew that there was another one there. So if, for example, Michael Lachlan can snap. I'm yeah. sorry, JP Poland, <laughs> but you're not coming. But right now, I don't know that. So perhaps I, I reserve the right to uh, address this in the future. But I'm I'm going with four specialists. Uh, I eventually did too, but we'll get to that in a minute. All right. So that brings me to 61 total players, which is terrible because I have to fill out a lot of spots with nine people. And then if Ryan is eligible, 62, but I'm also going to make a cut from the 62 if he's eligible and bring it back to 61. So in either event, for the rest of my crew, I'm only adding nine people. Um, so I'll just say this. If Ryan is eligible, I'm leaving a receiver home. And you probably talked me into it because of Ricky Johnson, his special teams background or defensive background. I'm probably leaving Randy Fields home. Okay. I I have a little more wiggle room in my – because I – uh, I mean, I don't know if this really wiggle room because I, I, I have color-coded my spreadsheet with green, which were my obvious picks. I only oh, had 50, 54 of those, 55 if you count Ryan, if you count Sean Ryan. Uh, then I have yellow, which are guys that are probable and I really didn't have any doubts about. And then there were red, and that was guys that were fighting for the last say three or three spots four spots on my team with another handful of guys that got cut so uh i have i got what 54 obvious and then uh 66 in the pretty much obvious so so here's a list of players who did not make my list that i had to consider for my final spots um this may be in alphabetical order i'm not really sure but if not forgive me uh charlie benton Uptown Brown, Noah Guzman, uh, Jarrett Dagey, Jordan Jefferson, Tavis Lee, Ali Jennings, Osman Kamara, X-Ray Lowe, Casey Legg, Grayson Malashevich, uh, Tony Mathis, Blaine Scott, Jalen Thornton, Tyler Thurman, Chakori Turner, Winston Wright, and Stone Wolfley. So, I should be able to get a good group of nine guys there. Um, and again, if I if I add Ryan and I subtract Randy Fields, I put him in that group that I just in, okay. ex- included there. But that's my group of players who did not make my definites, and I'm drawing from for my final cut. You have a couple more players, but of who I didn't mention there, or who stands out that's on your list, what are what's so the guys that made my second cut, which I think is probably would fall into your your first cut, uh, Johns, Fields, Asdale, Knipper, um, Gemiter, Abbott, Campbell, uh, Shea Campbell, X Low, Diamante Lindsay, Kerry Martin, and Osman Kamara as my at, like these are the guys that. I really didn't have much debate about them making it or not. Okay. Here is how I added to my roster and filled it out. My nine final players that got me to 70. Are you ready? Go. I did not add Uptown Brown. I did not add Grayson Malashevich. I know people want to know that. 
I did not do it. Uh, couldn't do it. Um, didn't do it. I also didn't add Jared Dagey. I really thought about it. I think it could be a great benefit if he's there. Um, if he's going to be a part of this team at some point this year, certainly in the future, the fact that he can be with the team on the road and be a part of meetings and the hotel and the flights and the bus rides, I think that's really important because if he can do that for the first time now and not, I don't know, as a starter next year or the year after, that's really important. So um, I thought about it, but I also kept two long snappers, so someone had to sit. Um, I went with Charlie Benton as an extra mic and a special teams player. Um, Noah Guzman as an extra safety because I think they got to fill that cat. I went with Jordan Jefferson and I went with Jalen Thornton on the defensive line because I think that's their best bet to get to nine. I'm not sure how much they'll play, but I think that they'll travel. Um, and I think they're both going to play more than four games, to be honest with you. I went with Kamara because he's a great special teams player. I've also seen him do some things on defense. I went with Lowe because he's a third will maybe a special teams guy, Casey leg, because he could punt and kick. If something were to happen to their kickers, he might also be their kickoff guy. I think it's going to be Staley, but Hey, he's there. I picked him over Colton McGee because it'd be great if McGee could redshirt. Uh, my additional offensive lineman was Blaine Scott. That's how I got the nine. And I'm going to have recency bias because they just mentioned him the other day. And I saw him practicing on the right side. The last time we were allowed to watch practice. And my final pick is Stone Wolfley. He's a good special teams player. I've seen Brown wave him in on field goal block way too many times because he can be that tight end. Um, he can be that tall guy in the middle. I just think that that's a fifth-year guy who can do some stuff. He wasn't bad in the spring either on the defensive line. I just don't know what good he is at home when he can fill in a couple holes for you. And as I weighed that against other guys, like, for example, uh, I don't know, Tyler Thurmond, I thought that Wolfley was more valuable. To Corey Turner, haven't heard a whole lot about. Winston Wright, haven't heard a whole lot about. Tavis Lee, same thing. So it just seems like that Wolfley has more of a purpose, and that was literally my seventh, 70th person right there. So Benton, Guzman, Jefferson, Kamar, Lowe, Leg, Scott, Thornton, Wolfley is how I rounded out my 70. All right. I am trying to figure out the differences that we had here. The first one was at the extra kicker slash punter. Uh, I did go with, with McGee. He was okay. my he was my number seventy or yeah, my number seventy. And just because I think obviously you have Staley a kicker, Sunara, long snapper, Groudon. Is it Groudon? Groden? How are we pronouncing that? I think it's Groden. Okay. At punter and McGee can do both. He can kick, he can punt. He was like top five, top ten in the country at both spots coming out of high school. So I picked him as the kind of versatile wild card backup specialist to travel with the team. Um, but again, we're splitting hairs there. Uh, who else did I have different? I did not have Blaine Scott. I, I traveled with nine offensive linemen. I did not add anybody else. Um, I had, you had Jordan Jefferson, right? I did. Yes. Both freshmen. Okay. I have Jefferson. You have Thornton. Mm -hmm. I did not have Wolfley. I had Bartlett at linebacker. Now, I know he's down down the line a little bit, but I was thinking almost entirely special teams and kind of a, a specialist spot of, of just how he is. I'm looking at that list of, of guys at linebacker, guys that play 
outside backer at will or, or bandit and thinking pass rush ability. And I think if you're just looking at a, I, I was, when I got down the last couple of spots, I was trying to find guys that were extremely good at one thing. And I feel like Bartlett and his ability to kind of his speed with his size, I think is rare on this team. There are a couple others, but I had him as I had him and McGee as my 69 and 70. Where I think the only two differences that we had other than yeah, Barlett instead of Blaine Scott and McGee instead of Leg were the only differences we had. Yeah, I mean I I, I definitely went Zag when you went Zig with my extra sniper. I think Thurman is a guy that you had that I didn't go with, but it seems like I don't want to say we had 68 of the same people, but I think we had darn near all the same ones. Oh, and again, McGee and Leg is another one too, so yeah, okay, so 67 of 70, then. We had different. That's bad news, Chris. <laughs> Why is that? I, I feel like it's good news, because I think it, it it's a clear, clear, you know, kind of hierarchy on this team of, of what, of the guys that are ready and the guys that could be ready and where the staff might go um, with this team and what, what they have. They know what they got. Mm-hmm. Fields is another one for me, too. I don't have him going. You have him going. I, if, if I have, oh, yeah. I have, um, if Ryan's in, I have fields out because eight receivers is quite enough for me, I think. Let me ask you this. Um, I'll put you on the spot here and we'll wrap up. What name that you and I have omitted or you or I have, om- have omitted pops up in six weeks that we're like, oh, man, I should have put that guy in. So a guy we don't have right now, but is most likely to surprise us within a couple uh, of weeks. To Corey Turner. I think really? is the pick. I think things are tight at cornerback. We've heard great things. You and I both have spoken with at least one of the same people about how the staff feels about him. And they're extremely high on him. He's got great speed, kind of a power five talent that just wasn't going to go power five because of academic concerns that he uh, straightened up down the stretch and was able to to get in. And that the fact that he was late has put him behind the eight ball. So that's why I think in six weeks, eight weeks uh, or maybe, you know, yeah. After eight weeks, when you get to those final four games, he might be somebody that's traveling with this team instead of somebody else, uh, especially with only five corners on, on our current travel roster. And one of them still hasn't really done much yet in, in Miller and the other two are true freshmen as well. Interesting. Um, a couple of names I didn't mention, uh, Ollie Jennings, Bryson Mays. Yeah. Brandon Yates, who had a long shot for a true freshman. I think if they were going to travel with one, it would be maybe him. I'm not sure. Um, and I would not be surprised to answer my question. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I would not be surprised that Malashevitz is somehow in the rotation at inside receiver or is running down attacking people on special teams. I would not be surprised if Daigie traveled. And... Brown mentioned Devin Wade the other day as had an interception return for a touchdown in the scrimmage. And it was just a weird name drop. Um, and typically guys like that, and here we go, Michael, the walk on again, but typically guys like that, like, it's not like a coach is going to react to one play. It's probably because he's caught his eye in a while. Um, that is a true long shot. I, I really kind of agree with you on Turner. Um, I can't believe Bryson Mays has, has not factor into this at all, but so guys like that, I wouldn't be surprised in, but like, it just stood out to me that Wade was a guy who, you know, it's a fifth year guy, ladies from Westerville, Ohio. Um, 
and he's played a little bit before on special teams. And like, if they're so short at cornerback and, and Dre Miller's not practicing much or at all, or very well, at least maybe he's there. Maybe he's a guy who is making tackles on kickoff or punt returns. Maybe he's filling in on a snap at the end of a quarter. I don't know. Um, but that's one I would circle too. It's funny you mentioned Mays. I actually had him on my initial 70 man roster when we when we first discussed this what a week or two weeks ago mm-hmm. and and like you said I haven't heard much about him since and I just kind of maneuvered some things around and not only moved him from almost a no doubt travel guy for me to just not even on my 70 man roster at this point I don't know if that's um, just me moving guys around trying to get even out and help on special teams or if maybe the coaches just aren't talking about him when he's actually doing quite well we don't know but yeah he was he was going to be green for me like two weeks ago when I did this first list yeah and junior Uzebu was another person who was getting some one reps in the spring um and then was kind of gravitating between 2a and 2b I guess you would call it I'm not sure they have third teams with their offensive line but um, and just haven't heard a lot of him lately, but that's a big, long kid they like. But the future may be in the future for him. But, you know, what if he's there in about seven weeks? We're not sure. Um, and the thing to think about here is, too, that, you know, some offensive linemen do stay on the field. Some don't for special teams play. Sometimes they have to run a whole new second line in there. So, I mean, maybe they end up with 10. I don't know. But maybe it would be really weird if we found out that 10 offensive linemen traveled based on the conversation you and I have had in the past. Almost one hour. How about that? <laughs> that is yeah. – who knows? Hey, all these people are, are going to be surprised. 20 minutes, 25, an hour. Who knows when we, how long we might talk. We should have put the Yahoo Fantasy Football like 90-second clock <laughs> on our explanation. There's so absolutely nice. no way either of us could have, could have made that. No chance. All right. Well, I'm out of words and I'm out of players. Do you have anything else you need to add here? No, that's it for me. All right. So you can check out the – selections we made we will put that in the article uh, below and included here we'll also embed this with the separate articles we do with our teams feel free to pick us apart make fun of us compliment me ridicule chris throw in your two cents for you who you might have and how you might differ um, and then we'll get together and do this again one year from now if that's all right with you uh, i don't know <laughs> i might need some more time next time I told you it was it was a serious task, and I'm glad you came around to me. It's typically the right decision to make. That's it for this time. We will see you next time for YourSports.com. I'm Mike Casaza, and I'm Chris Anderson.